Don Henley, and he wrote a track called The Heart of the Matter. And, it, and some of the words are, are as follows. He says, the more I know, the less I understand. All the things I thought I knew, I'm learning again. I've been trying to get down to the heart of the matter. But my will gets weak, and my thoughts seem to scatter. But I think it's about forgiveness. Forgiveness. Even if, even if you don't love me anymore. See, Don Henley gets to the heart of the matter because a life lived in recrimination and bitterness and rankles without forgiveness isn't life, people. It isn't life. It's misery. The tragedy is that this can go on for whole lifetimes, harboring grudges. It can go on down the generations as the bitterness of one generation is fed into the grievances of the next. But that's not life. It's not eternal life. It's not the life that God wants for us. It just feeds one round and the next. And anyone who's watched more than one episode of any soap opera knows how this works. Okay. How do we break into that cycle? How do we break into a life without relentless self-feeling gripes and hardness of heart? Well, Don Henley, in his song, has stumbled upon it. There is a better way. And it's found here in that psalm that we just read. 103 verses 1 to 2. This is the God of David who breaks into people's lives and brings all his benefits, forgives all your sins, puts them as far away as the east is from the west, heals diseases, pulls you up out of the pit, and then crowns you with love and compassion and renews your youth. But all of that starts with forgiveness, God's forgiveness. You see, self-help books are all very well, but actually it's forgiveness we really need. That's the heart of the matter, isn't it? And it's this intervention that God brings in our lives. That's what's life-giving. It's, as Jesus put it, it kind of springs up like a well of water springing up to eternal life when you know that you've been forgiven. God shatters those chains that bind us round into endless sort of rounds of tit for tat. Forgiveness is indeed the heart of the matter for the problem of being a human being. Now this sermon series is kind of about the Lord's Prayer, so we're picking up a bit on the Lord's Prayer at the moment. So what does Jesus, how does Jesus approach the subject of forgiveness in the Lord's Prayer? Now as we look at this, we need to remember that Jesus knew the psalm that we just read, just as he knew all the psalms, he knew them backwards. So what he's going to say to us in his teaching is kind of going to reflect that wisdom that's built up over the centuries before he came. And he's going to pick up on that. Now remember that both in, in Luke and Matthew, where the Lord's Prayer is mentioned, in both those Gospels, the Lord's Prayer features as a kind of teaching session. It's kind of how to pray. So it's both giving us the words that we can use to pray, and it's also intended to teach us something about our attitude when it comes to prayer. It's not just words to parrot and say. There's a point to it. And of course, as always with Jesus, who knows what we're like, it's an uncomfortable point, right? 
it's an uncomfortable one, but it's an absolutely key one because it deals with how forgiveness works. So let's have a look. Luke 11.4 and Matthew 6.12 are the verses to look at. And they're slightly different, but there's an important common thing that runs through both of them. So Luke says, and forgive us our sins as we ourselves forgive everyone indebted to us. Forgive us our sins, but we ourselves forgive everyone indebted to us. Okay? Matthew puts it slightly differently. And it says, and forgive us our debts, as we also had forgiven our debtors. Okay? That's great. But don't agree on the first bit. Let's forgive us our sins, forgive us our debts. That's great. We can have that. Thank you, God. That's good. I'll take that. Not only does this feel nice, and it's not even what God wants for us, um, it's, it's about not forgetting all the benefits that, as the psalm says. But what about the next bit? Well, as the translations make it clear, the two phrases are kind of linked. The first appears to follow because of the second one. It's saying, yes, God, go ahead and forgive us because we deserve it. Okay? After all, we always forgive everyone else who owes us stuff and has offended us, God removes sins as far from east from the west. So in fact, effect, they've gone away completely, not to come back again. And it won't affect anything going forward. That's the way God forgives. But of course, God can forgive us because we do that, don't we? All the time. Without failure. Don't we? Well, we don't, do we? We don't remove the sins of those who've harmed us quite that far. I mean, if you're like me, you put them in local storage, right? What they did before, you kind of don't, not east to west, it's like local storage. Because, well, you know, that note of the previous sin against me might come in useful at a later date in an argument, you know? If we've removed it as far from the east to the west, it's no longer available. We can't use it to defend ourselves or make a point about someone else's behaviour, can we, later? We're leaving ourselves open. We're setting ourselves up like lambs to the slaughter, are we not? But Jesus says, well, yeah, that's exactly what I want you to do. Exactly what I want you to do. How do we know? Because that is exactly what Jesus did. The Lamb of God who takes the sin of the world? There's a reason for that, okay? He forgave east to west, okay? That's what the cross is about. No servant is greater than his master or his mistress, and we must do the same. You see, the problem is, Jesus has given us a prayer that when you understand it, no one would want answered, okay? He says, forgive us as we have forgiven them. Meet out to us what we meet out to everybody else. It's perfectly fair, isn't it? I mean, we're asking God to be just. But do we really want that? Not really, no. Jesus knew that the, 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 the psalm we dealt with. God doesn't deal with us as our sins deserve. Yet Jesus is apparently instructing us to ask God every time we pray this prayer to treat us as we do deserve. 
Why would he do that? Now, so remember, I said, in the context of this, this, the, the Lord's Prayer, is a teaching session. It's a, a why and how we pray as much as it is a what we pray. So when Jesus gave us, gave us these words, he wasn't just give us, giving us something to say parrot fashion, though actually even doing that is better than nothing. There's a kind of little, there's a, this little barb in there. And the genius of Jesus' teaching is that, the, is that here, the, the point is, the, the genius of Jesus' teaching here is that the point of why and how we pray and who we're praying to is directly built into the what we pray. And there are two effects that this prayer, the Lord's Prayer, has an effect has on us if we pray it sincerely. Okay. The first is, it will remind us, okay, just how much grace God has shown to us. God does not forgive us in the same way that we forgive others. He's far more generous than we tend to be. Okay? We'd be in serious trouble if God forgave us exactly how we forgive everyone else. There'd be no hope. So there's that, and you can reflect on that on the first part of the, the phrase. And as we reflect on that, the grace of God will fill us as we understand the extent of God's forgiveness to us. And that then kind of motivates you for the second bit, which is, as we ourselves forgive everyone who's indebted to us. And that's a kind of reminder that we need to do better. If we're going to ask God to forgive us like we forgive others, then we're going to have to get better at forgiving others, aren't we? Right? We've got to do better. We've actually got to work on moving their offences as far as the east is from the west, just as God does with us. The prayer moves us on a bit in the life of forgiveness, as our conscience kind of tells us as we pray about the next little grievance that we've actually stored away, that we really do need to pack up and send as far away as the east is from the west. So we can move on to a fuller forgiveness. This prayer, in its two parts, sets up a kind of grace pipeline. Okay? Stage one, we're reminded how much we've been forgiven. And then stage two, we are then redirected on how we can channel that grace out into our bit of the world and clear up some more sin permanently as far as east is from the west. Permanently for the glory of God. So this prayer, the Lord's Prayer, gets to the heart of the matter. It becomes a channel of God's grace to us and then through us. And it does all of that in 12 to 13 words.